Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi, my name is Conrad Vine and I serve as the president of Adventist Frontier Missions. We are based in Michigan and we are a supporting ministry of the worldwide Seventh-day Adventist Church. We were established in 1985, and in AFM we exist to establish indigenous Seventh-day Adventist church planting movements among unreached people groups. Since 1985 God has blessed us and he has led us, to the point where we now serve in over 20 countries worldwide, with recruiting officers in the USA, in Canada, in Brazil, and also in South Africa. Serving as a frontline missionary is one of the greatest joys I can imagine. As a missionary, we are called to be ambassadors for God, faithfully representing His grace and truth in equal measure. Every soul in our world today is precious to God, and Satan does his best to fight back. Satan often puts roadblocks and difficulties in front of missionaries, seeking to discourage them, to disappoint them, to divert them, and to destroy their witness to the saving power of Jesus Christ. In this broader context, things happen to missionaries that are not pleasant at the time, but which God gives us the grace to survive through. This story is called, Things That Shouldn't Happen to Missionaries. One such experience happened recently to me while I was in West Africa. I was traveling back from a project visit with a good colleague called Dr. Mark Coleman, and we came to the capital city late at night. There was no light from the street lamps due to power shortages, so we drove slowly, avoiding the potholes and drunks lying at random across the road. We came to the house where we were staying and discovered that it also had no power. Still, we hauled our backpacks into the house and gratefully sat down for a quick meal of congealed rice and cold beans. We ate in the semi-darkness, huddled around the light coming from our cell phones. When our meal was finished, our gracious host showed us to the single spare bedroom. We opened the door and immediately my nose turned up. There was an awful musky stench in the room, almost like a damp sewer. Maybe the toilet was backed up, but what was the problem? I shined my cell phone flashlight on the bed and immediately there was the problem. The bed was crawling with cockroaches. Big cockroaches, little cockroaches, medium cockroaches, cockroaches of every conceivable size. They were everywhere. Now, you may not know this, but cockroaches love to live in the sewage system, and at night they climb up the pipes beneath the toilet and then they crawl around your home. So not only was my bed crawling with cockroaches, but the smell told me they had just come out of the sewage pipes under the city beneath my feet. Thankfully, in the dim light from my cell phone, I couldn't see the stains across the bed, but boy oh boy, that smell was awful. Both myself and Mark started gagging in the awful smell that came from that room. But what to do? This was the only room with a bed in the house where we could sleep. So my colleague and I put down our bags and we smacked the bed hard and the cockroaches scattered to the edges of the bed. It was well past midnight and we had to leave for the airport at 5am so we undressed, taking care to pack our clothing in our bags and then to lock the bags. Due to the high humidity and lack of air conditioning, I stripped my underwear, smacked the bed again to scatter the cockroaches and carefully lay down on one side of the bed. Mark also undressed, he smacked his side of the bed and lay down carefully on his back. Both of us kept our hands on our stomachs to avoid feeling the cockroaches that were all around us in the semi-gloom. We lay there for what seemed like an eternity, determined not to roll over and crunch into the cockroaches that were all around us. 
Around our heads buzzed mosquitoes, delighted at the prospect of our fresh blood to feast on, and sweat poured out from our bodies in the oppressive heat and humidity. Very quickly, the bedsheet under my body was soaked. It was so uncomfortable, and the minutes were dragging by so slowly. About 2am, I heard the call of nature. I rolled to my side and felt the wriggling cockroaches under my body. They pressed into my damp skin from the soft mattress. Some pre-Christian thoughts passed through my mind as I shone my cell flashlight ahead of me and walked slowly to the toilet. When I got to the toilet, the smell was worse than in our bedroom, and there was also the smell of cockroaches. There was no light, but I quickly found the toilet. Before getting too close, I shone the light over the toilet, and there, in the middle of the dim light, was a huge black spider. This spider sat on the back of the toilet seat. It was about five inches across, and it glared back at me. How dare I interrupt his privacy? Didn't I know better? I gulped and stepped back. I'd never seen such a spider before, and wondered if he had any friends hovering around behind me. I stepped forward and waved my phone at the spider, but he didn't move. Instead, he hung grimly to the toilet seat and made a mental note to teach his children about how rude these strange human animals could be. Disappointed, I inched my way back to the bedroom. As I came to the bed, I once again shone the light and immediately saw the long wet patch where my body had been lying. But now the wet patch was filled with a jostling mass of cockroaches, all feasting on my sweat, on the dead skin, and whatever other juicy nourishment they could find. Once again, I slapped the bed hard, and they all dashed over to the edge of the bed. Before they could return, I lay down quickly on my back, folded my arms, clenched my jaws shut, and started counting down the minutes, the three hours, until it was time to get up to go to the airport. Any luck, said Mark. No, I said. There was a huge spider on the toilet seat. I'll wait until we get to the airport. And so we lapsed into a sullen silence, wondering just how long this wretched night would last. The hours slowly passed, and my thoughts gradually went from the sublime to the ridiculous. All of a sudden, the Catholic doctrine of purgatory began to make sense, and I wondered about the nature of cockroaches. Were they intrinsically evil, or were they just socialized into being evil? What do they think of us human beings, rudely interrupting their nighttime revelries? Do cockroaches have any predators? If so, I would like to start breeding those predators. If I was starving, would I eat a cockroach? Would it wriggle in my stomach? Do cockroaches taste good with garlic? At about 4am, the alarm mercifully sounded and we carefully got up. We shook the roaches out of our clothing and pulled the damp clothing over our sweating torsos. Neither of us wanted a shower in the dark, nor did we want to shave or brush our teeth, so we just chewed some gum and talked with anticipation about the promised land of the toilets in the airport. We arrived shortly thereafter at the airport, and the sight of bright lights and functional toilets brought joy to our hearts. What a blessing to have such basics as running water, a toilet without monster spiders, and not to have to worry about cockroaches crawling over our feet. Looking back though, I praise God for that night with the cockroaches. Why would I do something as strange as that? Well, firstly, we are to be content in all things, and if God had allowed us in his providence to spend the night in that particular room, he must have had a purpose. That night was a bonding experience for myself and my colleague, and we became very good friends as we endured the night together. Secondly, in difficulties, our true characters are revealed. 
Our characters are not formed in moments of crisis. Our characters are revealed in moments of crisis. That night with the cockroaches revealed to me that I need to partner with God and allow him to grow the fruit of patience and long-suffering in my character. And finally, God was restoring to me a deep sense of gratitude for all the blessings I take for granted. It is easy in the midst of our Western wealth to lose sight of God and our dependence upon him for everything. That night with the cockroaches reminded me that civilization is a very thin veneer over the brutal reality of human existence. Yes, God works even through cockroaches, and now I experience a deep sense of gratitude to him whenever I have running water, electricity, clean beds, and toilets without lurking spiders. So wherever you are today, I want to encourage you with the promise of God that he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how difficult your circumstances may be, God never abandons us in our struggles but he promises to fight beside us and to deliver us. Evil has a limit beyond which God will not allow it to pass, and when the night is over, deliverance comes with the morning. May God bless you as you go through today, and my prayer for you is you will experience the light that comes when the Lord Jesus Christ acts on your behalf. Here is a love as the ocean, loving kindness as the fly. When the prince of life for ransom shed for us his precious blood, who is love will not remember, who can see. things that shouldn't happen to missionaries. With hindsight, what happened to me in West Africa was quite funny. The reality for most missionaries though, is that every missionary returns home with some scars. 
Some missionaries lose their children or their spouse within the mission field. Others pick up diseases that they never shake off for the rest of their lives. Other missionaries struggle with imprisonment, unjust accusations, attacks by mobs, attacks in social media. Other missionaries live and work in a community where they are attacked every day in local preaching or in local press. As a result, many missionaries do come home with scars. As I reflect on these truths of mission service, I realize that God the Father himself saw his own son buried in the mission field, Jesus Christ in the garden tomb near Calvary. God knows what it is to suffer in the course of mission. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus had an awful sense of his abandonment by God, and he went through the despair that many missionaries go through today. But the glorious news of the gospel is that after the sorrow of Calvary, there is a resurrection morning, and that God brings his people through these difficult experiences. One of the reasons why God allows us to go through difficult experiences is because he's shaping us and he's preparing us for eternity. So I no longer go through bad experiences and ask the question, why me? As I go through bad experiences now in my life, I ask the question, God, what are you trying to change in me? God, how do you want me to grow in this experience? I may not be the man that I wish to be, but by God's grace, neither am I the man that I used to be. And it is God working through the circumstances of life, the highs and the lows. It is his working through those circumstances that brings change in me. And I'm so grateful to God that he changes me day by day, because I know that he is the master craftsman, and I am the work of his hands. And God never makes a mistake, and he will not fail to complete the good work that he begun in me on the day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I know whatever difficulties you're going through today, they may seem overwhelming. There may seem to be no way out. It may seem so unjust and wrong, the things that you are experiencing. I want to encourage you today with the truth that God is still on his throne. He's still in control. His purposes for you include everlasting life. He's loved you with an everlasting love, and there is nothing you can do to make him or stop him love you more or less. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, God will continue to do a beautiful work in your life and in your character and in your heart as he prepares you to live in heaven above for eternity. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.